I was the reaper, and he was the ghost, and his soul was long overdue for collection. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to episode 267 of Under the Call of MS. Gotta take a drink, got instantly got something like in my throat when I started talking, as you heard, but today's going to be a normal Thursday episode. Hopefully kind of quick because I got a ton of stuff going on today and try and get the lawn mowed and see if I can get it done while it's supposed to be 70 degrees out, which they lied. It sure as hell doesn't feel like it. And it already rained this morning, so hopefully everything will be dry when I get done with this. But let's talk about some comics. Starting out with Dead Duck. I finally picked up the graphic novel. The trade paperback, whatever you want to call it. From J.P. Fosgate. A while back I talked about Doug... Doug, Dead Duck and Zombie Chick. Can't remember the exact name of the title. I think it was Dead Duck First Zombie Chick. But check that out and really liked it. And I heard that he did this trade paperback a while a while ago and it wasn't in print anymore. And well it says two thousand nine is when this was printed. And I couldn't find anything else on it. So I searched it up, seen what I could find, and luckily I came across the copy somewhere. And the gist of this is Dead Duck, Beheadings, Dismemberments, Burning at the Stake, Malfunctioning Nose Hair Clippers. It's just another day on the job for Dead Duck and Zombie Chick. Employees of J.R. Yorick, a.k.a. the Grim Reaper. Hired for the difficult and often messy task of delivering souls of the deceased. This undead duo, no schlepping the dead around, isn't the best job, but it's a living. Basically, the Grim Reaper got the dead duck when he was just a little little duckling and he know he knew the background basis of the duck and knew he is born of a very evil entity and he was worried that he would turn out like that but instead dead ducks more on the good side so far so here we get to see the beginning Of Dead Duck's run as becoming a Reaper. And how him and Zombie Chick work out together. The things they do and how they get through things. There's a variety of great stories that go through different timelines in here. And you get to... You definitely get your money's worth. And these are... There's quite a bit of reading to be done in these. But they're a lot of fun. 
All the stories run together well. <laughs> Zombie chicks got an insatiable hunger that she's always trying to get nachos and snacks and different things along the way. And a lot of times while she's trying to find something to munch, things happen in their favor. Same with that duck. He gets a lot of he has a lot of luck on his side where things happen to just work out or he should have been wiped out and instead ends up surviving the encounters. But yeah, this was a lot of fun. We get to see Death sitting there and focusing on Dead Duck and trying to figure out all his issues with his background and what's going to come of it. And it's just this combination of characters is, is a blast. Uh, we see some parts in here where zombie chick ends up getting tortured a little too much and you see dead duck deep feelings come out a little bit more throughout this but yeah it's not really a prequel to the comic that I read I read a while back this is more a basis to it but it still works well into the storyline and folds in together well. But, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. I'm very, very happy I finally found it, picked it up, and took me a little while. But finally got through it. And then I picked up at that Cowabunga Con, I picked up a couple Saga comics chapter 9 and chapter 11 because I heard all this stuff about Saga being like this great comic one of the best comics ever some of the people were talking about from our Crimson Color comic group and I just kept hearing about it and it's like fine I gotta get some of these and see what they're all about and with Chapter 9-1, we get some really strange characters. You got a Spider Lake chick. You got Purple Demon Gal. You got characters that their heads are their upper bodies. <laughs> it's just lots of sexual references throughout here. A lot of different strange characters throughout here. Uh, it looks like it's a world where certain entities aren't welcome. And you have so many different characters and unique weaponry and all that stuff <clears throat> in these comics. But in this one, they're trying to help out a young girl and it's other people are hunting down and they're trying to get her to safety so they can protect her, give her a home or whatever. I don't, like I said, these are the first two I checked out. And then chapter 11 deals with characters 
dealing with other <laughs> people they're trying to protect and along the way they're finding different conflicts and troubles throughout the storyline. We still have the characters from the chapter nine in here and we have another new young character that's being introduced we have an interesting gut ghost ch kind of chick and i seen this gal she's basically her waist up and she floats around she's got her guts hanging out i'm kind of curious now after seeing that if this if brian cave on or fiona staples has any relevance with the gut ghost, ghost comics but this definitely was fun and interesting and i want to want to start from the beginning and get them all eventually and read the whole saga storyline i don't know i think they're starting to do more saga stuff again sometime soon i believe people were talking about so we might have that to look forward to. But from what I know, it looked like it was a pretty big run to start with. So it's going to take a lot to get into it. If I ever do get the whole series up to date. Sorry about my talking and my slurping and all that stuff going on. I also got dehumidifier running in the background. But I just... uh. I'm about a week, week and a, yeah, about a week into my new teeth being in my mouth at all, well, all times during the day. I take them out at night still, but, but yeah, still having lots of problems with them. I had to go in and get some readjustments made. Of course, they're like, are you rinsing with salt water? That'll fix everything. It's like, no, it's. The problem, I think, is because the stuff's rubbing against my gums. That's why they're all raw and irritated. But what do I know? So I'm doing the salt water rinses now. I'm trying to get the teeth to work out better. Did a little bit of adjusting again. But we'll see. Next comic I'm going to talk about is Medieval Spawn and Witchblade number one. I picked this one up at the con also, and I did not know anything about it i was hoping it was a one issue one shot but in here we get uh get an introdu introduction into medieval spawn and it seems kind of like in here the character is kind of new to his uh, his abilities and his body and all that stuff. From what I took from this, it sounds like the king went off to fight a war and never came back, but when Medieval Spawn came back, he was carrying the king's sword, and so the people are like, okay, the king has returned. And they get introduced to Medieval Spawn, and yet the character that when he takes his helmet off kind of shocks everybody around him because and he does have glowing green eyes inside the helmet 
So you can just imagine what his face is going to look like, especially if he's a spawn character. He's probably been burned in the balls of hell. And his flesh is just all kind of destroyed. But we see this character dealing with the people that believe he is their uh, lost uh, king and he's back to take care of them and help them deal with all the evil forces that they have to deal with. Back cover says, a land besieged by dark forces. When all hope is lost, a long dead king returns. But is he a savior or a destroyer? Uh, at least in this issue, he's pretty much a savior. He helps him with some entities that are attacking him. Basically saves him from being wiped out. The thing I didn't like about this one is it's medieval spawn and witchblade. But I didn't see anything related to witchblade in here. So I don't know how long this run went. I will gladly check out more if I come across them. But I was kind of that we didn't get any introduction to witchblade in this first one. Or one of the people from the village could have been Witchblade-related, but I didn't see anything that gave me that feeling, so I'm not sure. And then the last one I'm going to talk about here is Free Comic Book Day. We live the last days. We have these four kids, these four little characters, in this colorful world of... What it seems, oh, here, they do have a little synopsis in the inside cover that'll give us some introduction to this, because, like I said, I never read these until I talk about them. I just read the comics themselves and leave all the synopsises for later, but by the year 2050, biblical cataclysms, ferociously evoked animal species, and a great world war had cut the human population to a trembling 10%. In the year 2081, 5,000 rescue pods fell to earth, along with a dark countdown and a message from, a mysterious, from our mysterious saviors. Humans face an imminent extinction. When the countdown reaches zero, Earth will suffer a new wave of attacks from nature. This time, humanity will not survive. 5,000 bracelets for 5,000 children. Whoever finds one must put it on a child and take them to an extraction beacon. Located in one of the remaining mother Mother Megapolis, Megapolis, Mother Megapolis. The bracelet will prepare the child for their journey. They will perpetuate the human race on a new planet. 
again, <laughs> world ending events, taking children. <laughs> no idea who's taking them or where they're going. But hey, everybody's all up for it. Let's do it. And then they're just going to destroy what's left of the planet. Really? How do they know it's going to destroy it? And we need more background on that. But this is fun. You get to see four kids that are exploring some outlands, some destroyed city where they came across a ship that had a beacon in it. And that beacon is telling you where a bracelet is. So they go hunting down the bracelet so one of them can get on the ship. Along their way, they come across some interesting creatures. So I can see why the creatures are going to destroy a lot of stuff. But I also don't know why you couldn't deal with the creatures yourself. But Of course, you got the adult humans that are all a bunch of jackasses that always got to kill each other and fight. Just can't get along. Like we just can't accept that we're all here for a very, 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 very short time. And we should all just shut the hell up, do our own thing, and enjoy our lives. And work together. Help out each other when able. And not sit there and constantly try and kill each other off. I mean, basic concept. If someone takes another person's life for no good reason... That person should have their life taken also. Just be done with it. And we don't need jackasses in the world. If we got rid of all these jackasses, we wouldn't have all the problems we got. But no. Instead, let's just sit there and continually go to war. Continually fight over things. We can't talk, can we? We're a species that can somewhat intelligently discuss things if we have our heads out of our ass enough. But, yeah, it's... It's pathetic how we humans are. But, who knows? Maybe there's a purpose behind it all. I doubt it. I think we're just a bunch of jackasses that can't get along. But, yeah, I get to see the kids travel through, try and search this beacon while they have a bunch of dumbass... Adults chasing them down, trying to get the beacon from them so they can get the bracelet. Not like it matters. I mean, no adults going on these ships. They're only taking kids, so who gives a shit about the bracelet if you're a bunch of adult hillbilly idiots? But yeah, that was a fun, interesting story. I'd like to definitely know more. And then they also had a little special preview for Rainbow Bridge. What if you got one last adventure with your best friend? It seems like a kid's dog died and is going off to a better place. Place full of giant socks and bones and balls everywhere and gets all excited, chases a ball and bites the ball and it explodes to a bunch of other balls and he's just rolling all over having a blast on top of a giant sock with a ball in his mouth and 
then he sees a giant bone, and he's playing with the giant bone, and then he realizes that he can see through his paw. And it's like, that's weird. And then all of a sudden you see these, like, demon dog spirits kind of in the background, and the dog gets scared and goes running off looking for its owner, and that's where the story ends. So it's like, hopefully he finds his owner, and it sounds like he's going to get one last day to play with his owner before his time's over and he's stuck in this cool, crappy land where he can be joyful and have fun until the demon dark <laughs> creatures come out. So I don't know about that, but I'd read more of those. Uh, I ain't big on watching animals die, but if they do something fun with it after that, I'd, I'd check it out. But yeah, other than that, that's it for the comic portion. Speaking of dumbass humans, I'm sure you haven't missed it. I'm sure you've heard about it, but William Shatner at 90 years old got to go in the Blue Origin Rusty Dick Rocket and get shot 60-some miles up into the air for 11 minutes, again, like Bezos. And then come down and comes out of the rocket and gets all teary-eyed and has a little saying to say to Bezos. It's like... Uh, it's just so pathetic. It's like, honestly, all you gotta do, one rocket, or a few rockets, launch them into space, 360 cameras, all over the rockets. You launch that bitch way up in the sky as high as you can, and you just let those cameras go apeshit. Get in every direction, every aspect, every point. And then you set it up with the PSVR or some type of VR, virtual reality company, and you get it a VR experience. So everybody in the world, everybody, not just special people, people that have so much money they don't know what to do with it. God forbid they help like some homeless people, <laughs> people with mental health issues, children, homeless. And think about it, dumbasses with too much freaking money. So you could make a VR experience that everybody in the world could just grab a VR headset, put it on, and see what it's like to go up in space. Granted, you're not going to get that thruster and get tossed, get that feel of being launched way up in the sky. But I mean, if you want it, put the VR headset on, go to Great America, hop on a big ass roller coaster, and run your VR headset while you're on the roller coaster, and you'll feel the up and downs if that's what you need. And what's the big deal about being in a fucking rusty dick rocket? And this would make so much more sense and so many more people could get pleasure out of it. And instead we got (laughs) these old dumbass white people just sitting there (laughs) 
uh, going up for these few minutes in the sky. And yeah, our world is so ass backwards, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, way to go, Shatner. Yay. Yeah, made a milestone. Now we got to get Betty White up there because. Shatner was 90, so now I gotta go older than that next. <laughs> but, I don't know. This world's just. <laughs> so dumb. We got Jonah White, he's whining about people talking about his body all the time. It's like. If you're going to put yourself on a screen, on a camera, on movies, all that shit, then you pretty much got to expect that people are going to talk about you. I don't care what size you are, what height you are, what color you are, what ethnicity, what race, what, what country you're from, uh, what sexual... Pl- preferences you have I don't care about any of that shit but if you're going to put yourself on a screen out in public into the entertainment business just shut up shut up and accept what people say about you it's what you say that matters but what people that aren't in that industry say about you who gives a shit you put yourself out there. You got to expect to be criticized. You got to expect to be hear things about you. And if you do a shitty job in a movie, you're going to hear about it. If you let your body go, you're going to hear about it. I've been dealing with body shaving my whole life. No one's doing anything for me to help me with it. It doesn't matter. We all go through it. We all go through t- some type of criticism, some type of asshole opinionated bullshit from other people that think that they're better than everybody else. And in reality, usually the person that's saying shit has more problems than the person that they're talking about. So they should just shut their mouth and be on their way. But yeah, I don't understand why, why we're giving so much recognition to these movie stars and music people and all this shit when they get a, Get some criticism. That's what you're putting yourself out there for. You want to be judged. You want to be looked at. You want to be told that you've done good. That you're a wonderful person and all this stuff. You need that attention. But if you're not going to focus on everything to an aspect that you're happy with, don't complain when other people talk about it. Just don't put yourself out there then. But yeah, I know I'm wrong. What can I say? I'm just dumbass with an opinion. <laughs> but that's it for the comic portion. We'll get back with a little MS health stuff right after this. Okay, let's get into a little MS Health segment here. Uh, 
basically what we got going on today is I was going to talk about driving with MS. It's a thing that I've been waiting to hear more about down the road, see if they're going to start getting to that point where they start taking away the licenses for certain things. I know I Basically, if I go on about a three to four hour trip, my spasticity is going to start setting off big time. So I got to watch things like that. Uh, Let's see what they have to say about it first. Many people worry about their ability to continue driving after receiving an MS diagnosis. Although numerous MS symptoms can affect a person's driving ability, many people living with the condition condition continue to be safe drivers for years to come. Uh, How can several different aspects of MS can it impact a person's ability to drive, such as brain fog, multiple sclerosis can affect cognition, mental functioning, so people with this condition may struggle with brain fog while driving. Cognitive problems can cause significant confusion, uh, slowed reaction times. Uh, MS can reduce your reaction time to the point where you're doing everything at a reduced speed. So if you have slowed reaction times and you're noticing stuff like that, it's probably not a good uh, time to still be driving. Muscle spasticity can also affect your driving if your muscles become stiff or spasm as a result of MS. You may be unable to enter or exit a vehicle. You may also be more likely to inadvertently jerk the wheel or step on the wrong pedal, which could be extremely dangerous. I know I got hand twitches with my, mostly with my right hand or most of my other issues are mostly left-handed if they're left side, if they're single-sided issues. But yeah, I've Usually if when we go for long drives, like this time of year, we like to go to the cemeteries and get pictures of the fall colors, get out there, get it while the trees are losing all their leaves or the trees look all dead with no leaves and stuff. Get some really good cemetery pictures this time of year and lakefront pictures and the woods. And this weekend, probably take a drive out to... Holy Hill, usually about this time is when I like to hit Holy Hill. The colors are at their peak. There's a certain position you can get a good picture of the castle up on the mountain with all the colors all around it. So I'll probably probably do that this weekend. But when we go on these trips and do these things, I have to pull over every now and then and just take a break, stand up, let the legs loosen up and so I don't have to deal with any spasticity issues. 
So that's something you might want to consider and watch. Don't just all of a sudden do a long drive without expecting to have something like that happen. If you have a lot of spasticity, cramping, shakes, stuff like that, you might want to check out that. And do a couple smaller ones at first and build your way up to certain distances. So I'd love to take a trip back out west, but that's about a 28-hour straight-through drive. So I definitely have to take a few nights to do it nowadays, or as I used to drive it through, no problem. But MS symptoms may impact your vision making it hard to see clearly while you're driving. Blurred vision, loss of vision, or blind spots are all potential hazards when you're behind the wheel. I hate whiteouts. (laughs) You'll be fine and all of a sudden everything goes white. Or like I mentioned with the world hopping and stuff like that and spinning back and forth. That can all, all be dangerous if you have those issues. Certain medications, like MS medications, may cause side effects such as drowsiness, poor coordination, or problems focusing, all of which can make driving difficult or dangerous. When starting a new medication, ask your healthcare provider whether it might affect your driving ability. Read over the paperwork to give us a booklet of shit for every damn medication we take that has all the side effects and stuff. With spasticity issues and a lot of other stuff, it might be on things like baclofen, muscle relaxers, painkillers, and there's a lot of medications that we should not be driving on. Uh, And then if you're going out to eat and having a couple drinks, plus you're on this medication... And that can affect things, uh, and you shouldn't drink and drive in the first place. But uh, Many people living with MS still drive, helping them maintain a sense of independence. Once, when you start having issues, just keep in mind that some people with MS who continue driving experience significant physical impacts as a result so take that in effect with your energy levels your tiredness sleepiness cog fog aches and pains twitchiness muscle spasms and you can modify your vehicles to make your driving more comfortable Don't make it too comfortable that you fall asleep while you're driving. (laughs) But, yeah, if you you can drive safely, but you feel fatigue or pain afterward, just give yourself time to rest and explore ways to deal with it. Uh, My knee pains drive me nuts when I'm in a vehicle. So I have a big flowery pillow that I put between my knee and the door. And just things like that you can use to adapt to comfortness while you're driving. Uh, you don't want to exasperate 
your symptoms by changing your driving habits. So kind of just do what works for you without causing more problems. If you use a wheelchair, it may be necessary to purchase a wheelchair accessible vehicle that can accommodate it. So look into those. Some countries and states may require you to undergo special testing and certification after being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis or some other types of diseases. You will likely have to drive with an evaluator in the car to ensure you can focus and perform tasks such as changing lanes safely and obeying the rules of the road. But yet we have people that can't even read the road signs because they don't speak English and they're on our streets. And if they can't read the signs, you can't follow the rules. And I see them in courtrooms and they're just laughing, paying their fines, and causing more problems on the roads, putting people at risk. So we're not the only ones with issues. Uh, Some people with multiple sclerosis choose to stop driving entirely, either due to their MS symptoms or because they no longer feel comfortable behind the wheel. Uh, Some people find that their MS symptoms make driving much less enjoyable, even if their driving ability is still high. So you just got to go by your feelings, what you feel about it yourself. Now, you can always just stop driving to a point and keep your driver's license up to date in case things change and you decide to drive again. Uh, If you live in a city, there are so many wonderful ways to get around nowadays. I personally wouldn't own a car if I lived in a city. I'd have a bicycle, maybe a motorbike of some sorts for when I did want to go out in the country or something like that. But other than that, uh, you can get around way cheaper just using transportation means in the city and then saving yourself the cost of insurance, the cost of vehicle upkeep, the cost of vehicle payments, all that crap. So well, there's some good things to look at too. If you're concerned about driving with MS, talk to a health professional. Specific tests are available to help you determine whether you can still drive safely and what continuing to drive with MS might look like for you. Experts recommend you consider a few things when evaluating your driving ability, including whether you would want loved ones to ride with a driver like you, whether people seem reluctant, to get into a car when you're driving or how much help you need from others to see signs or follow directions when you're driving. If your answers to those questions indicate a potential problem with your driving, it may be time to consider alternative means But and listen to others. Talk to other people in your social networks. Listen to your loved ones around you that are with you and drive you around and get you around. And I'm still okay. I can drive better than my wife who doesn't have MS and I don't have to worry about the 
about driving <laughs> with her, <laughs> which can be scary sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get around just fine. I just got, I know my limitations to an extent and I deal with them, but we can never really predict when we're going to instant I, today. Today was a good example. I went to the store, came out, hopped in my car, and just as I started driving, I got that new pain that I have now. It's hit me really hard in the middle of the night last night. But it's like someone's taking a razor blade and slicing up my flesh inside my flesh on my right side of my my right lower half of my stomach's from my ribs to my waistline. It kind of goes into the hip a little bit too. But it stays in a fleshy area. It doesn't feel like it's coming from a vital organ or anything. And it just feels like someone's taking a razor blade. Slicing me up a few times. While they're doing that, it's being electrified. And you're getting electrocuted in there. And then they're taking a bunch of shards of glass and pushing them into those cuts is it just ah fucking hurt but yeah as i'm pulling out of the parking lot awesome bam right in the right side it's like ah but i was able to drive with it i'm just mentally dealing with the freaking pain and just tired of it (laughs) it's a new pain it was nice as a new pain at first, just something different. But now, yeah, now I'm tired of it. <laughs> Time for it to go away. But it's not looking like it is. It's looking like this might be something sticking around for a while. I had a few day break. And I was like, yes, it's gone. And awesome, bam, right back. But yeah, so take your own mental evaluation, look it over. See how you feel. See if you feel safe. See if you'd want to be. I mean, would you want to pick up a car full of kids from a baseball game or whatever and drive them around? And do you feel safe enough to do that? Do you feel like they should put their lives in your hand? I mean, take that into consideration. Who cares if the person's older? They're going to die soon, anyways. But. If you got kids or pets, you don't want to harm them because of your selfishness. Not to accept that you should not drive anymore. It's like I take care of my mother now. 85-year-old with dementia. And she allowed her car to be taken away, which still has her license. But she feels like she had her driving taken away. But she can still drive if she wants. But does she feel safe enough to do it? Obviously not, because she hasn't. So that's a good thing. And when you're mentally aware enough to know that you shouldn't, that's a good thing. Because you are putting yourself behind a few thousand pound vehicle, a few thousand pound bullet, basically, and you're driving around. And you could run people over, cause accidents, do all kinds of damage. So you got to really take that into effect into consideration 
All right, this is the time of year I like to drink tea. I love tea this time of year especially. And here's uh, some teas that can help you soothe an upset stomach if you need to. But they're good for lots of other things too. And tea is just good for you, especially green tea. Green tea has been heavily researched for its many health benefits. Uh, it may help stomach ulcers, treat issues like diarrhea when consumed in moderation. And it's got other great anti-inflammatory effects and stuff like that. So green tea is should always be at the top of your list. And green and black tea are, in my opinion, better replacements for coffee and it's just i for some reason coffee's just gone downhill for me lately and tea has usually tastes good put a little i like to put a little cbd honey in there a little bit of lemon i use a variety of i probably got 30 different types of teas here i'll put some mushroom powder some reiki mushrooms some lion's mane mushroom powder in there or whatever. And then I like to, after I get the tea bags seeped for a half hour underneath a lid, then I'll squeeze them out, toss them, and I'll throw a tablespoon or so of chia seeds in there too to help keep the gut gut biomes happy. So the gut bacteria happy. So yeah, take that into consideration there's lots of little things you can add to your tea to make it even healthier ginger tea is you can make by just throwing a chunk of ginger root in water and they also have ginger teas it can help prevent a variety of digestive issues including nausea vomiting gas bloating cramps and indigestion And there's peppermint tea. It's a common choice when tummy troubles start to help out or start to act up. It may help treat stomach pain, nausea, and vomiting. Peppermint oil is also very soothing. And it's also good in your diffusers. Black tea, much like green tea, may help reduce diarrhea when consumed in moderation. There's fennel tea, which has antibacterial properties and has been shown to decrease conditions like nausea. It may also relieve menstruation symptoms and promote bowel regularity. There's licorice tea, which may help heal stomach ulcers and decrease indigestion. Though more research is needed, make sure to consume no more than one cup per day. It can mess with you if you get too much of that in you. Chamomile tea may help prevent vomiting and diarrhea, as well as several other, other digestive issues. Animal studies show that holy basil tea can help protect against stomach ulcers, reducing symptoms like stomach pain, heartburn, and nausea. Spearmint tea may help reduce stomach pain and bloating. It may also kill certain strains of bacteria that are responsible for food poisoning. 
that's pretty good to know if you're eating something that you might be leery about. Have yourself a cup of spearmint tea while you're eating it. Basically, research shows that tea provides many health-promoting properties. In fact, many types of tea can help settle an upset stomach. Whether you're experiencing nausea and digestion, bloating or cramps, brewing one of these teas is a simple way to get you back to feeling your best. And most, if not all these teas on this list that I read off are beneficial in many other ways than just upset stomach-wise. So. But that was just basically a list of teas to help you if you have an upset stomach. But it's tea season, in my opinion, which... Granted, tea season's a year-round thing in some countries, but I like it more in the fall when it starts to get a little cooler out. I like to have that afternoon cup of tea or two, but, or an evening cup of tea to help you sleep. Get some lavender infused in there. Chamomile's good for that. Just, yep, just watch it because some teas have more caffeine than coffee, so... But yeah, check those out. Enjoy them. Let's end this with some weird vaccinations. See what we can finish off here. The best basketball free thrower shooter ever was probably Harold Bunny Lavette. He shot 871 free throws in one night and only missed one shot. Holy shit, I never heard about that. Many people tried to beat Levitt in free throw contest, but no one ever did. He might have been a great pro basketball player if it hadn't been for his height. Levitt was just five feet four inches tall. Hey, I know a couple of basketball players that were pretty famous, and they were little guys. But one more thing. A lot of people who live in the city dream about the quiet country life of a farmer. The fact is that farming is the third most dangerous occupation in the United States. Many serious accidents happen on farms. The only jobs that are more dangerous are mining and building construction. But yeah, I, it's like you hear about all the different things that can cause you harm throughout the world. And we sit there and Pretty much everywhere I lived, I know at least one person that lives or worked on a farm and they either lost some fingers, lost a hand, uh, had some other type of injuries. Now one guy got his leg chopped off. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's a dangerous job. You're always dealing with things getting caught and bound up in the machinery and you're fighting with it. Yeah. Kid I went to school with, he stuck his hand underneath the mower, he got his hand, fingers chopped off. It's like, yeah. But he did grow up on a farm, so but he ends up injuring himself on a lawnmower. <laughs> but yeah, it's things can be dangerous when you're dealing with those sharp blades and all the equipment that they use for that type of stuff. But, but it's why you got to be safe. 
got to be careful. Got to pay attention to what you're doing. Any job you can get injured at. You can be walking out your window and something can fall from the sky and hit you. Like the old lady that had the meteorite go through the side of her house or the roof. I think it was the roof. I ended up landing on her bed. But, (laughs) yeah, anything could happen. But other than that, we're going to leave it there. That's it for today. I'm already beat, and I got a ton of shit to do yet, so I better get my ass going, get it over with. So be good to yourself, be good to everybody else. Kick the shot at a monster. Don't be a dick. Life is short. We're all here. We all deserve it equally. There's no reason for us to kill each other. I am so sick and tired of waking up every pick. Good morning and hearing about another kid that got shot near me. And these kids being 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, running around after midnight and stuff. There's no reason for it. Go home. Spend time with your family. Quit being assholes. Quit shooting each other. Take the freaking guns away. Can't get the cops to do anything. They don't solve no crimes. They don't solve no things. They just cause more problems. Sitting there needing to hire more officers. But, yep, I can go down the road during the day right now, and I bet you I'll see at least half a dozen cops in towns that don't need them at this present time. We need you guys at night. And instead, they're driving around, playing on their tablets, sitting wherever. Setting up speed traps, and in reality, you should be working, trying to help the mentally ill, trying to save the kids, trying to protect the innocents. Do your damn job. If you want that job, you should know what you're looking, getting into. So do it, and do it right, and do it good. And quit letting this shit happen. There's no reason I have to hear about someone getting shot every freaking morning. But yeah, I just don't know why I went off on that rant. Just be good. Be good to everybody. Be good to yourself. And we'll get back to you soon.